Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Now available in more homes than the Pac-12 Network, we are the podcast of champions. I'm David Woods from Bruin Report Online. And here he goes, Miles Jack! And I'm Ryan Abraham from uscfootball.com. Liner, gonna try to sneak it ahead. Touchdown, SC! We are the podcast of champions. Welcome, everyone, back to the podcast of champions. We, we're we probably not going to be here too much longer. <laughs> I'm David Woods, Bruin Report Online, the UCLA site on the 24-7 Sports Network. And I'm Ryan Abraham from uscfootball.com, the USC site on the 24-7 Sports Network. And together, for the time being, we are the podcast of champions, talking all things Pac-12 football. But we have some... Oh, I don't know if this is on. Well, my, my, my soundboard. Oh, crap. I got to get the soundboard working. Breaking news. Holy cow, guys. Uh, is that not really? Uh, I'll have to figure that later. Um, yeah. Uh, the Colorado Buffaloes apparently are going sayonara. We gave you guys a podcast. We're sp- simulcasting this live on our YouTube no, channel. We're not. We are but totally okay, doing fine, that. whatever. We got a bunch of people in the chat. We appreciate that. Uh, I'm going to have to have David talk for a second while I try to fix the. The soundboard that we just got, uh, just brought back bit, from bit, Las Vegas. Been a little bit of news. A little bit of news with uh, maybe this will play. Colorado Buffalo. Oh. Okay. That's it. So I was trying to. Yep. Certain parts don't work. Um, luckily, that did. The Colorado Buffaloes. I was. Uh, I was doing. I was making my lunch. I was on a boat for the last two days. I have a lot of beard going on. Not as much beard as David. I'll show you a picture real quick. Uh, caught some bluefin tuna. I was on a two-day boat, like no self-service out in the, you know, in Mexican waters. There's a sashimi I made. I brought Dave some for, uh, I was going to just give him some sushi today. I was going to give him some fish that I caught. That was the plan. And he sends me a text like, we got to do a show. I'm like, why? And I was like, not near my phone. For like when Clay Helton got fired, and I was like, "Oh crap!" And I'm like, "Why?" He's like, "Colorado's gone." I'm like, "Wait, what?" <laughs> like, yeah, crazy. Yeah, I mean, you could have just you could have just listened to me five months ago Do you want when to, I sure. told you my friend of a friend who I don't know had the scoop. Yeah, hold on. We have Alex in the chat says uh, David scooped everyone. Let me see if this will play. This is uh, like a minute long. This is from our March second. 2023 show if it'll play <laughs> damn it oh 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 yeah this i'm not something i'm gonna tweet not some breaking news i'm putting on a message board but does everyone remember when i told you okay i learned about the ucla usc move to the big 10 
before it happened, but I'm so much of a non-reporter, non-breaking news person that I did not track it down and assumed that the guy who told me was full of shit because yeah. it was some dude like who's just a friend of mine who like knew a guy who said this thing to him. Well, I also heard this week that Colorado and Utah are out. Done. From the same go, guy. So, like, hold on. We got... This isn't breaking news. You're reporting. I'm not reporting anything. I'm saying like I'm saying the same guy who I didn't trust to do anything with the USC UCLA news also said Colorado and Utah are out. Okay, uh, have you talked about this on Bro? Like no, if- no, I'm not posting this or putting it on anywhere. It's exclusive <laughs> POC content. <laughs> so, according to David Woods, Utah Colorado are yeah. out. Yeah. Um. Okay. Yeah. Nice, nice. Hold on. Let me see if applause will work. I don't know if the, do I have Just that in Utah Utes. I'm, a, I'm having all kinds of problems, but uh, will applause work? Here we go. Nice job, David David Woods. And now, that's long applause. Okay. Wow. Uh, and now, all we got to wait is for the other shooter drop. Utah to, to bounce too. Uh, Steven says, wait, but he also said Utah was gone. I'll be honest with you. I think this so is what more, if they're not? This is prophet? more about Klyavkov trying to be a people pleaser. He heard all of you. He understood exactly what you were clamoring for. You said you wanted an eight-game conference schedule. He makes it happen. He made it happen right now, and you're upset. What's the deal? Klyavkov just bring in. I mean, literally, he said we're at Pac-12 Media Day, and they didn't do a, a TV deal. His whole thing was the longer we wait. The more suitors come, the better things are going to be. And I don't have the exact quote in front of me, but he was saying, everybody's happy. They're going to do the media rights deal, then the grant of rights to lock everybody in, and then they'll talk about expansion. That's the order. Everyone's happy. The 10 teams are staying together. They're on the same page. Contradicting David's reporting from March 2nd. So he went against you. Don't do that. Never, Clay, never go against my uh, my reporting. Yeah, don't do that. Um, let me see if we get. Yeah, uh, yeah, don't do that. That's a mistake because holy cow! Like days later, it's coming out. Let's let's report. Let's say what's been reported. So it was like Pete Thamel, Brett McMurphy, our Adam Munster Tiger. Like they're all saying there was like these emergency meetings, and the as, as of the last when I drove over here, it was. 98% or whatever that they're going to be leaving. Is, have you seen anything new on there? No, basically the thing is the Big 12 has to approve it. Uh, okay. That's the gist I'm getting is that Colorado has said we're doing it. And then the Big 12 is having a meeting tonight to approve it, essentially. Now, this is all kind of back channel still. Like nobody's, you know, Rick George isn't coming out and saying uh, another really just like great Pac-12 name, Rick George. You yeah. know, Robert Robbins, Robin Roberts, Rick George. Uh, the idiot up at Washington State, whatever his name is. Uh, but uh, <laughs> nobody nobody officially from Colorado has come out and said anything. True. Um, but throughout all these reports, it's very likely or barring unforeseen circumstances. I think that was uh, uh, Monster Tiger's phrasing. It's happening. And I think the unforeseen circumstances would be the Big 12, for whatever reason, voting no uh, right. to accept Which them. Which that ain't happening. That's not happening. They want to poach. They want to destroy. Um, so... 
uh, we're we're in the new world now, um, and this would have to be pretty immediate. I would think this would have to be Colorado for 2024. I think, yeah. Uh, real quick, uh, Alex says, "Aren't we supposed to have beer on emergency podcasts?" I do have beer in the fridge. Would you do you want a beer? I mean, I'll drink a beer. You want a beer? I'll drink a beer. All right, hey, you go well, fetch I'll, the beer. I'll go get the beer. Um, yeah, Alex. Okay, so David, is it the beer want- I brought in? Like it's months ma- and I have months mango ago? cart. Yeah, the mango cart. Okay, still cool, in there. Cool, cool. I, they don't go bad. No. Beer doesn't go bad. Uh, okay, I'll go grab that. It David, ages you, like a fine wine. Do you want to? Uh, McMurphy saying here. Let me put uh, what S. Scourge is saying. McMurphy is saying Colorado will join as a full member come the twenty twenty four season. So that would it would that would make be. sense because yeah. that's where the the media rights ends. Like Colorado can't stay for twenty twenty five because there's no no there's no they, deal there. They like, would have to do some independent media rights deal, which would not work. But right. I think the Big Twelve has structured their deal such that they can add new members. Uh, and lock them in at at full uh, full membership rates, assuming they're good enough to qualify for that. Um, this is just it, it. Obviously, these things don't happen immediately, but it does feel. Thank you. It does feel very much like this is a product of um, the the epic failures. Uh, the epic failures over the last month, especially with San Diego State. Um, you know, trying to become a member, suddenly not becoming a member. He's getting this. Yeah, I'm getting some of that, baby. Um, and then uh, with the media deal never, ever, 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 ever being announced. And it still won't be because there isn't one, um, as anyone with half a brain could have told you. Uh, and Colorado figured that out. Um, now, obviously, these things don't happen immediately. And as I reported, it's been happening for five months. I, I keep, do love I that. keep saying that, but I, I got nothing. Um but uh, this is it. Just it's a cascade of errors, and now this one, this one more than any of the others, like even more than UCLA and USC, this feels immediately fatal. Like it feels like this is the one where suddenly, it's not a question of whether your league is going to be as good as it was. It's a question of whether your league is still viable in twenty twenty four. Yeah, and I think that's now the new calculus for all of the remaining schools is, well, do we still have a league to play in? Because at nine pseudo like you can maybe get it done but is it going to be nine it's not going to be nine somebody else is going to leave and then you're at eight you're playing seven conference games and that's not viable um true I, so this was my theory if you ever uh cheers by the way we can cheers on camera now hopefully if you guys are listening on the podcast sorry we are drinking a mango cart i also showed the camera a piece of uh sashimi i cut that up today like fresh I'm sashimi. Not, yeah i caught it yesterday and now we're yeah um, so good, dude. I had it for lunch. Oh my God. This is like freaking amazing. I'm excited. I'll put that up again. If you guys want to see, like that was my lunch. The, uh, edamame I had was terrible. Like I had frozen edamame and I don't know it was bad. So I just ate the, the fish and the rice. It was really good. Um, this is the thing, the theory I had before. And if you like, I grew up in uh, Western Pennsylvania, like when I was a kid, before we moved to Massachusetts, basically like a steel mill town and like, you know, Everything was depressed in the 70s and the, the mills were closing and like Munkles and everybody was out of work and all that stuff. There were these buildings and they had like lots of windows and uh, like these kind of weird black. There wasn't like a lot of frames. They were just like windows like mm-hmm. next to each other and stuff. And the building would be like abandoned for a long time and just it would just look the same. But then that one guy throws a rock through one window and once that happens, it was like then the, the the whole building went down. And I felt like that's what's going to happen with the Pac-12. Like if one team leaves, it's going to crumble. Like it's going to start, you know, the, this avalanche effect. 
the one caveat I would say is with San Diego State being so sort of close, that could be a swap out, right? Like your lifeline right now, if uh, it's who wants to be a millionaire and George Klyovkov is, is sitting in the hot seat, the lifeline he has is we're going to pay the $34 million for San Diego State to leave now and we're bringing them in for 2024. If that's even possible, I don't even know if that's possible, but otherwise. I don't think it's possible anymore. I think they missed that window. To, you could overpay. Like, could they pay? Like, they could still With leave. With what money? Like, I I don't know. Like, there's just, uh, there's, I think they've Larry gone. Larry Scott could give him a loan. <laughs> he probably can from his independent wealth. Yeah. Um, no, I feel like they've misplayed everything. And now we are, uh, all of us sitting here reaping the uh, the whirlwind where it's it's just, you know, I think if anyone if anyone was betting on things six months ago, I mean, as Wilner pointed out, then the odds were still on the ten schools sticking together uh, six months ago. Uh, but as things have played out, it's just failure after failure after failure to give any kind of real confidence to any of the remaining members that there would be a a deal in place that would make sense and work, and b that there would still be a league to come home to in 2024, 2025, 2026. For the schools, they have to think about what's stable. Again, at this point, the Big 12 looks a hell of a lot more stable than what the Pac-12 looks like. Pac-12 looks like it has a failure of leadership uh, yeah. at the top. And I think if you had a guy who was uh, projecting calm and confidence and also being forthright, I, maybe it would be different. But right now, if you're Colorado and you have a, a, a full membership offer at the Big 12, a, a conference that you have uh, institutional familiarity with, why wouldn't you? Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. It's... Uh, you have to be convinced not to, um, and there just wasn't enough convincing. And now that happens with all the other schools, too. Like, the the job now is somehow maintaining the nine, um, and I don't know how you do that. And the, the terms of whatever they were negotiating right now just changed. I don't know how significantly, but they did just change. The inventory changed. Um, you know, they can no longer pitch nine conference right. games. And and the and uh Coach Prime being a part of that where you talk about, you know, George Klakoff mm-hmm. said it's like that's a you know, it'll give us a boost in the media rights deal. Well, no one ever not a lot of people believe that, but now you don't have that anymore. Well, and by then the the obvious follow-up then is no, it's gonna actually now be a negative. And here's another thing, which is um these things don't happen this quickly. Um, no. And did Colorado know they were doing this before media day? And did George Klyavkov know they were doing this before? Is media that part day? of the reason? Like, is that part of the reason why there was no media deal announced? Because this was happening. Yeah. And maybe the fact that Coach Prime wasn't there. I mean, I, I know he, surgery and all that stuff was that. A lot of things. Off? Like a lot of things that could potentially be factors in here where, um, you know, this is part of why they didn't announce it was essentially the crisis management of handling Colorado's pending departure. Um, in an, it, It's very funny. It's like one of those um, like uh, animated uh, comedies where like a million things happen to a building and then it's still standing there and then suddenly a feather like blows <laughs> in and knocks it over. Um, that's what this feels like. Because, I mean, not to denigrate what Colorado, but Colorado isn't... I couldn't eat another bite. Like, <laughs> the, the, like the, it's wafer thin or whatever. What was right. that from? Like, uh, the Holy Grail or something? Yeah, yeah, like yeah. Monty Python. Exactly. The, the guy just puts the last piece in his mouth and explodes. Like, that was Exactly, it. exactly. Yeah. Um, it's exactly that. And, uh, you know, not to denigrate Colorado, because it's a, you know, great tradition and everything, but it's not in a major media market. And it's been one of the worst programs in the Pac-12. 
those two they things were so bad last yeah. year. And it's uh, but this um, again more than UCLA and USC just from a sheer number standpoint, but also from what it bodes for the remainder of the not just the four corner schools, but anybody with a pulse who's thinking how do we how do we how do we shore up our future? Uh, yeah. How do we shore up um, stability? Uh, it's it's a death knell. Scourge 77 has been very informed on all this. He says, Colorado, Colorado has their Regents meeting open to the public tomorrow via streaming at 3 p.m. local time. Mm. That'll be interesting. Should I try to get Adam right now? Uh, you want to try? Do we what? have the ability to do that? I mean, I could. Like, I just emailed him. We'll see. Yeah. Um, he, I think he's a little busy. Yeah, probably. Okay, here's two facts. Like, so I have the theory with the, the, the old factory and the one window goes and the whole everything that just turns to crap. Everyone starts throwing rocks. The other one was, if you're going to leave, if you're going to like make the Irish exit to this party, you want to do it first. You want to be the first one to go. Now, we're talking UCLA. Yeah, it's UCLA first left. mover. You want to go first because apparently, according to, I think it was McMurphy, that they're going to get a full deal. I think Scourge uh, put that in our chat box, too, um, that they'll get a full share. But if Utah or Arizona State or Arizona wants to leave tomorrow, do they get a full share because now you're not leaving. There was some sense of stability with the 10. Now you're not. But the other factor could be it's so important for the Pac-12 to keep the the nine together. Maybe the second one would get a pretty good deal too and then everything could kind of collapse after that. But you might have people jumping over themselves. And I know someone put in the chat that it was a, the rumor there was a school outside of the four corner schools that was interested in going. Um now you're like musical chairs, like racing for the exit to be second out because you might get the best deal on this, you know, a, a better deal to be second. But then after that, who knows? So, man, this is uh, this is pretty crazy. And uh, what this is, yeah, we got a lot of stuff we got to talk about. But I mean, I hopefully this isn't the death of our podcast because, but it it sounds like it is. No, I think it, what it, what this is the Pac-12 it, version. It, of ex- it, it accelerates us into the realm of absurdity very quickly because I do think. Um, more schools than just Colorado, USC, and UCLA will be playing in a different home in 2024. Yeah. Uh, I think that's uh, that's the obvious takeaway, um, and maybe everybody. Um, and this is the the hard part is finding enough homes for all of these schools after this year. I mean, yeah, maybe some of these schools will sign on for a short term deal, like you do some confederation of because uh, Oregon and Washington might have enough like uh, fiscal. Uh, ability to float for a year while they negotiate um but some of these schools won't and if you're oregon state and washington state what do you do i mean you need the money from the pac-12 you need what was already promised in the media deals but you also need stability for the future um and so do you you know kind of realign your budget for that and take a drop down uh do you i mean obviously you probably knock on the door of the big 12 first and see what's on offer but if it's not do you go Mountain West? I mean, do you make that kind of choice? Or do you see, okay, Oregon and Washington, what are you doing? Cal Stanford, do you guys want to do like just a, we'll have a loose confederation, we'll negotiate a media deal together, but then we've got to figure out a non-conference schedule that makes sense. Like there's there's just a lot to unpack here that's very, very hard to figure out at this point because um, we just don't know which schools will be next. It's just a virtual guarantee that somebody will be. Yeah. Uh, Max Olson, I believe from The Athletic, said, just spoke with Arizona President 
Uh, Robert C. Robbins. Robin Roberts. Got it. Robin Roberts. You don't put the C in there. It makes it sound, you know, you take away the alliteration. You need the, the Robert, Robin Roberts. Robin Roberts. Uh, from uh, Good Morning America, I think. Correct. Uh, about today's Colorado news. Quote, all I keep saying is, you know, we're just waiting to get a deal. And then everybody has to evaluate the deal on its merits. I've been pretty steadfast in that stance. And Jason Shear commented on that saying, Colorado president said the same thing. And the buffs are leaving a week later. Arizona wants to see a deal. But if there's no deal to be seen, dot, 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 which goes back to the kind of absurdity that Klyovkov was pushing. The longer we wait, the better it is. And my new, uh, it's funny, my new beat writer, uh, uh, Connor Morissette, uh, was there um, at Pactual Media Day. And he wrote a column like a couple hours ago. And in the bottom of it was about like, you know, what's going to, you know, what's going to happen with the PAC 12 and, um, you know, saying that it's going to be delayed, but is, is that going to be, is it going to last long enough for like someone like Colorado to stick around? And it was like two hours later. Nope. It's not going to. Um, yeah, I think that was kind of a weird stance to have that trying to tell people waiting is better. It's not better. Like nobody thought waiting was better. Um, I, so I didn't hate the the idea at that point because everything's already – the thing is you've already failed. Like that's the big thing is that at that point you've already failed. So what's the best message at that point? But to not, to not have something in spring, like, okay, everyone gave you until like – I think it was – when did we start really kind of being like, hey, when's this – is this ever going to happen? What was it, March, April? Yeah, I think so. Everyone was giving you till about then to figure this out. And when right. you didn't have something then, the failure clock started. And the failure clock went off when San Diego State said, oh, we can't actually come because we have nothing offered to us. Like, we don't have money to to say yes yeah. or no to. Um, and at that point, you have to, okay, you've you've made a catastrophic error and you've, you've fucked up real bad. So now it's... Um, you know, say the best possible thing. And I think at that point, if you want to cite economic conditions and say, okay, the deal that we get could be even a little bit better than what we might have gotten six months ago, that's fine. But you you got to understand that other schools are going to look at that and say, well, this dude failed this way and he failed this way. Yeah. Am I going to let him fail a third time and lose all our leverage or am I going to just bounce right now? And for the Big 12, I mean, they got to start figuring things out. Um, so, I mean, not to say that there's, you know, if Oregon and Washington decided they wanted to enter the Big 12 in April of next year, they wouldn't figure it out and make it happen. But they probably are, you know, I, I wouldn't be shocked if they're telling some of the four-corner schools or whatnot, you know, poop or get off the pot here. Exactly. And I feel like this is one of those situations that, you you get paid a lot of money in a high you know if you're a CEO you're the leader whatever the chairman the commissioner to make decisions and there's a lot of strategic decisions that you make that steer the direction of everybody like you're driving the boat right and you're if you turn left everybody on the boat's going with you and sometimes you hit the iceberg and you feel like we don't know the details behind what Klyovkov tried to do to appease USC and UCLA if he did anything. If he pulled out all the stops and it just didn't work, you kind of feel like strategically he felt like, okay, USC and UCLA are going to stick there. We're going to work on our own thing. That was a strategic mishap, right? This is another one not realizing what, you know, what was going to happen where if you're like, hey, I want to propose to my girlfriend, but I don't have enough money for the engagement ring I want. 
And she's getting antsy, though. Like, she really wants to get engaged, but I'm going to wait till I get the perfect engagement ring. And I'm saving up and saving up. And I have a chunk of money, and I could buy her a ring. And I made a strategic decision to go, you know what? She'll be fine. She's going to just be patient with me. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to get more and more money, and then I'll get her the perfect engagement ring. Not realizing, you're not reading the room. Your strategic decision was a poor one, because she's like, I'm done waiting for you. Peace out. And to me, this is a tr- strategic screw-up by Klyovkov, because they could have had some kind of deal in place. And he's trying to get a better deal, trying to get something that will keep people around, trying to get something that looks good, that he can shove in, you know, Brett Yormark's face, whatever it is. I feel this was a strategic screw up on his part, not reading the room, not realizing you don't have time to wait for every, you know, Tom, Dick and Harry to come in here with some kind of deal. And I'm especially because I don't think this was a tier one you know, whale coming in to buy to buy the tier one rights. I feel like this was you had your tier one, tier two stuff, and you were getting a little CW or some NBC at night or whatever it is. You were trying to add little pieces to yeah. make it look even better, which you waited way too long. And now Colorado's like, I'm out. Well, maybe Colorado would have left anyway, but I feel like this was uh, you. You had a major decision. Strategy was involved, and you made the wrong one. It was a it was a bad call, and now you're screwed. The internal dynamics are hard to gauge because I don't get the impression he's a stupid guy. Uh, like I don't. No. My vibe from him is that he's a pretty bright dude. I don't know how he is as a leader. Um, you know, having to take this many people and get them all herded in the right place. And I'd love to read the like TikTok after the wor- after this, where it's like, you know, what actually happened over the course of several months. Because I get the distinct impression, especially from the number of times we've heard from these idiot presidents um, over and over and over again, how much there were competing voices in these rooms that were. That Klyavkov not being a strong leader, not being super familiar with all of these voices, uh, didn't push back hard enough because uh, Apple Apple uh, uh, released some info today that they are interested in college sports, but they are not interested in a piece of a media deal, essentially, that they're interested in um, the full slate of games. Um, were there presidents who were in favor of a streaming only deal and were there some who were in favor of no we can't do that we've got to do something with linear and was Klyavkov trying to please everybody because uh, that's a sure recipe for failure especially when you're not in a position of strength yeah um, the whole idea with why why go streaming isn't to supplement your deal it's if you can get a um, a premium on your sh- on your stuff because yeah. Uh, you're allowing yourself to go streaming. Um, whatever it was, they needed to present something. They needed to present something and have a vote on it. And uh, if you are a big dick commissioner, like if you are somebody who is trying to push these guys around, get them to agree to something, release it publicly. If there yeah. is an option available, you tell you say, hey, we have this option to make $35 million a school or $30 million a school or whatever it is. They're saying no. And if you don't want to release it yourself, you can, you know, call one of your handy reporters and have them do it. We'll speak about that later, too. Yeah, but but I just don't think I, I, another bad strategy, right? I don't quiet. think he had I don't think he had a feel for this. I don't, you didn't say a word for a year. And now what the first word you hear is the school's leaving. Like, yeah, that's bad strategy. Well, too. And he was he was thrust into a. I mean, again, I feel bad for him personally. He got dealt a bad hand because he was de- he was thrown into a position which is very, very difficult where he thought he was taking over one thing and then it quickly turned into another thing entirely. 
Um, but I, I think it proved his uh, deficiencies and also his lack of familiarity with the landscape. Um, he wasn't a college guy. He wasn't a college commissioner, but he also wasn't a college guy. He didn't have familiarity with these schools, with the politics, with all that stuff. And I have to imagine that played a strong role in why this was such a failure. Yeah. Uh, but I feel like that was bad strategy. Not talking. The only way not talking was going to work is if you got a great deal. Well, the first thing that happens is one of the schools leave. Scott says that the, this hypothetical girlfriend sounds like a gold digger. And I would say no. Like, I don't I don't think Colorado's being a gold digger here, but they wanted to be engaged more than anything. And Klyovkov was trying, you know, maybe Colorado said, we're not staying unless you get X amount of dollars. It's hard to say. But I don't think this was being a gold digger. This was just impatience. And you didn't read the room enough that you would uh, be able to figure that out. Um, Scourge Scourt, uh, is like breaking news all over the, our chat. He says, Oregon's board will hold a meeting tomorrow at 10 a.m. local time. And uh, Mike is following that up with ducks are gone. So maybe, the, I don't know. The, uh, ducks to, that would be it. We'll get into like what what who could go. But like if the ducks leave Washington and go to like the Big 12, that's sort of a weird one. But that's kind of like leaving a rival behind. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I think, um, I, I don't think you'll see uh, super quick decisions from the ones who have leverage, um, which are Oregon and Washington. I, I don't but think the so. clock is ticking. The though. clock is ticking, but I don't think you're going to see it today or tomorrow. Um, I think the ones who might be like, oh, crap, we got to jump now are like Arizona, maybe ASU, maybe Utah. Um, those are the ones who make sense for like immediacy. Uh, but for Oregon and Washington, they still have some leverage like they have juice. They have actual like media juice. They've got quality juice. Like there's a lot going on here that they don't need to like uh, make a desperate decision. But. That, that I'm talking about the matter of hours or days. Probably, if you're thinking about jumping, you got to have your ducks in a row in the next few weeks. Yeah, no, I would I would agree with you there. You're everyone's. It's like the northwestern situation. Like if you were ever employed by them in the last like decade or anything with the athletic department, you better lawyer up. You got to figure out. You know, you got to get your ducks in order. You got to you know, it's like. You're at Enron, and you're like, well, I better get my resume ready. Like, you're seeing things start to go downhill. Like, this is Enron, right? Like, the shit is falling apart, and everyone better get their own. You know, you, are you worried about – is Oregon worried about Washington right now? Like, it'd be better for them to be a team, but they might just be like, dude, if we can get out, we're going to get out. Um, this- yeah, no, Klayovkov's literally the like the dudes who, uh, who decided to, like, just continue to play their musical instruments while the Titanic was sinking. Yeah. Yeah, no, they're they're playing. Uh, you know, he's 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 doing what he can. There's nothing to do with the sinking ship now. I mean, I think that's I, that's the unfortunate reality is I don't think there's a fix now. Uh, I think there was a fix three months ago. I don't think yeah. there's a fix now. No, I, I, th- I think, I think it, you're right. Yeah. I think it's dead. Um, and that's sad. I mean, it's 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 heartbreaking, uh, especially when you consider that um, uh, Colorado is the the straw that broke the back, uh, but UCLA and USC were obviously the. Um, uh, the 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 first uh, the first hit on the iceberg, so to speak, for sure, yeah. Um, but uh, Colorado, it seemed inevitable then, but there was there was, there was a way a path. to survive. There was a path. There was and, a path to being the Big Twelve now. And I feel like so it's like the Titanic hits the iceberg, and in normal situations, it's going to sink. But the captain realizes it. And there's a patch. Yeah, no, no. The path, could, the path to winning on the iceberg was to steer closer to the iceberg and unload everyone onto the iceberg. 
It would have been cold. They wouldn't have drowned. That's a great, great analogy because you're like, okay, this won't be the best luxury cruise ever like it was supposed to be, but we'll all live. Mm -hmm. And he's like, no, we're going to try to like make it or whatever it is. Like we still want to be a power five. We still want to be third behind the, the big 10 and the sec. That was, it seemed like that was a mentality. Like you're like, um, did we do this analogy before where uh, Princess Bride is like, you're still trying to win? Yeah. You know, like, you're still trying to win. Like, Klyavka was still trying to win. You give him credit for trying to win, but sometimes you have to figure out, like, I've lost too much blood. Like, I can survive. Like, I don't need to win, but I can survive. But I felt like he was trying to win. And he, then you, it, but by doing that, you risk your survival. And now you're not going to survive. And that's hard. That's hard to say on the podcast of Champions. Uh, because we've been doing this for a long time. We love Pac-12 football, and I don't see a I don't see a path now. It was hard to see a path to fruit to success the way after USC and UCLA left. And then there were things that were happening like okay, so this could happen, this could happen. The SMU thing never made a whole lot of sense to me, but San Diego State does. Could it somehow it survives with ten and San Diego State's in there instead of Colorado? I think that's your that's the the high water mark, right? Like that's the the ceiling. I think would be yeah. Right but now. if you're San Diego State, do you sign on for the shit show right now? I think you still would. No, I you th- wouldn't. You would wait and see if the Big Twelve's offering. Yeah, I I really I, I don't know if for San Diego State, for all these schools, it's money grab versus stability, and the Pac-12 doesn't look stable i mean it's lost three schools in uh, a little over a calendar year yeah uh, or a little over 12 months um that's you know disastrous uh for a 12 team league so if you're san diego state you got to look at that and say well all right that guy he he kind of screwed us already and uh they're they're hemorrhaging uh schools and they still don't have a media deal so we're supposed to sign on in the hopes of something happening good um, and nobody else leaving. And Colorado, up until this very moment, was saying the same things that Robin Roberts and the idiot at Washington State were saying. Um, and it's like now, the president of a university, <laughs> whatever. They're all they're all dumb. Um, why would you sign on for that job? Yeah, whatever. Um, but uh, uh, all these people were saying, "Oh, yeah, yeah, we're sticking around." I mean, look at the joint statement from uh, what was this five months ago. Uh, the, the 10 Pac-12 universities look forward to consummating successful media rights deals in the very near future. Based upon positive conversations with multiple potential media rights partners over the past weeks, we remain highly confident in our future growth and success as a conference and united in our commitment to one another. That was five months ago. Uh, Colorado's gone. They still don't have a media deal. Bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. Just bullshit. Um, and uh, I think if you're San Diego State, if you're uh, that university, especially after already getting burned once, yeah, I can't imagine that. Um, so for me, this is the end. Um, it's, it's, it's lights out for the PAC 12. Maybe in the future, there can be some version of this again. Once everyone realizes that, uh, you know, playing, uh, games three time zones away is not anyone's idea of a good time on a consistent basis. But for now, I think it's done. Yeah. It's hard to see. Otherwise we got a lot of requests to do like a final episode and like sharkies or something. Uh, or they want us to do a blind drunk one. Uh, there's also apparently uh, the No Truck Stops pod is live. They don't do stuff in the off season, man. They can't, you can't go live now when there's like news. Come on, guys. What are you Dueling doing? Dueling banjos, baby. 
Dueling Banjo. Yeah, so they're doing live right now. So, uh, um, yeah. And also, we got to talk. So, two guys that we... I only got to talk to them briefly at Pac-12 Media Day, but John Gonzano and John Wilner, I think they do an excellent job. Um, you know, there's just not a lot of people dialed in with the Pac-12. And, uh, you know, they were sort of kind of out there. I don't want to say fighting the good fight, but they, you know, there wasn't a lot of information coming out of the, the Pac-12. And there was a lot of that FUD I was talking about, the fear, uncertainty, and doubt coming out of the Big 12. And a lot of reporters were being fed stuff and it was getting out there. And again, this is more Klyovkov strategy. They were, you know, somewhat being optimistic about the survival of the conference and people sticking together and how the media rights deal was going to be. But I don't feel like, you know, I think Klyovkov could have given them or other reporters more, like juicier stuff, like stuff, you know, numbers you can report on. Because I feel like now it doesn't make them look very good because they were kind of sticking to love. Hey, the Pac-12 is going to be fine. Just relax. It's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. And all those people that are, you know, barking about the Big 12, doing this, that, that's not true. This isn't happening. What's happening? And, yeah. um, I mean, it's tough. And I feel like, I don't know. I mean, I, I again, it comes back to the Pac-12 strategy. There was only a couple people in that room. And if you're going to get a great deal, I think that works. But if not, you needed to set the narrative somehow. And you could have, you know, used reporters like Wilner and Canzano in your corner and given them actual stuff that was going on and, you know, let them put that out there and kind of combat what was coming out clearly coming out of of the big 12 offices well and that's my that's my fundamental issue is that i don't think he managed the um i think a lack of institutional knowledge meant that he mi- mismanaged the like politics of the whole situation and the messaging and all that kind of stuff and the end result is not only losing colorado but egg on your face while you're doing it lack of confidence no confidence in him um which again i think the stuff that was set up. I think a week day. or two from now we're going to be talking about Arizona and Arizona State yeah. and maybe Utah and and so on and so forth. The way the way things were set up, Pac-12 Media Day, it just looks terrible now, right? Yeah. Like if you go back and read all those quotes, Ralph Amsden, who does it, he also does a Pac-12 podcast. I like Ralph. Uh, good run, everyone. Yeah, <laughs> uh, true. Um, well, I don't know. How, I mean, we're going to last this season for sure at, in our current state, and then we'll figure out kind of where we go from there well, um, i mean we're still going to record something we we just don't know what the uh what the complexion of it's going right. to be i mean i think i think I, we're the podcast of champions no matter what no matter what and so maybe we'll do a poll at some point but like no matter what it's going to be increasingly absurd right and so if that's your cup of tea great but it's going to be either us covering <laughs> a bunch of big 10 shit schools that we don't know anything about <laughs> or it's going to be us covering the increasingly dispersed uh, the 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 Pac-12 diaspora, as yeah. it were. Um, the artists formerly known as Pac-12 yeah, football program, as as like Cal plays D3 football, and you know, as, <laughs> someone said Cal to CIF. <laughs> <Yeah. in the laughs> as, as, as Cal moves on to playing Claremont McKenna and the uh, and the uh, Pomona schools. Um, so I, I mean, there's just a lot uh, to unpack there, but um, we'll probably do a poll at some point as to what people want us to do. Uh, if they'd like us to just shut up, we probably would be willing to. Yeah, at some point because we don't get paid for this anyway. No, but, um, but uh, yeah, it's we did. Uh, Ernesto, see, you guys outlasted the Pac-12 network. Oh my God, that's a good one. Uh, let me put that up there, Ernesto. Yeah. Thank you for that. But we also had. Um, so thank you, Ernesto, and I love the Ghostbusters logo. Alex said, uh, credit to Jason Cheer, who publishes uh, Wildcat Authority, 
for being consistent on this, but man, he's already such a smug guy. He's going to be insufferable now. We love, we love Jason. We love Jason. And uh, he's, uh, the way he tweets, which we're going to talk about Twitter in a second because I'm kind of pissed off about it. It's like X now or something. I go on a boat for a couple of days. I come back and Twitter's now X. Yep. I try to like tweet out about this news and I like don't you have any, out? I don't have any more tweets left on my Inside Troy account. So I went to the Pac-12 podcast account, but I couldn't, I couldn't even, well, I retweeted like that we're going to go live, but that was about it. Um, but yeah, so Jay, and, and Jason has been pretty consistent about this. And I feel like he's got his sources he's connected in. He wasn't buying the, you know, he, I think he thought it was very possible that things could have stayed the same, but he was definitely on the bandwagon. Look, there's a lot of smoke to this. Like, look around. Like, people could leave. Um, and uh, it l- looks like it's Colorado first. Yeah. Yeah. No, Jason Jason had the uh, had the right theme the entire time, uh, which is there should be no confidence in the Pac-12. Yeah. Um, and Ke- it's continuation. Kevin has an idea. I don't like this idea. Dave, cover the teams in the Big Ten. Ryan gets to cover the teams in the Big 12. No, my, the team I'm in is the Big Ten, so that's why Dave and I would do Big Ten. No, teams. no, I think I think everyone would enjoy it if I was the primary <laughs> voice uh, talking about USC football. Yeah. Oh, you could. Yeah, I don't mind. You could do that. Uh, no, it would either be both of us covering the Big Ten, or like Dave said, covering. Uh, you know, just it's like, you know, uh, schools out. Everyone just goes out to, for the summer somewhere else. Like everyone's just like scattering everywhere. Um, yeah, that's I don't know. We'll we'll figure it out. We got yeah. a whole year. We got one more year of predicting Pac-12 games. I think it's the last year. I mean, I, I truly do. I think it's the last year of the Pac-12. I, I think there's not going to be any version of it in 2024. That's my what firm could, prediction right now. Okay, so here's uh, Alejandro. Um, return. Oh, I'm sorry. I put the wrong one up there. Let me put this up. Sorry. Uh, well, he said, if you can hear us, a return of the Pac-8 coming. Um, sorry, Alejandro, I couldn't put it up there for some reason. Um, oh, here we go. Let's stick it up. So what is, I feel like 10, the conference could survive. So how do you survive now if Colorado is indeed gone? At which nine, seems, you could survive. But 10, like you bring San Diego State, say that that'll survive. Could you survive at nine? Like if nothing else changes, could nine? If no one else was like thinking about leaving, you could survive at nine in perpetuity because you can still play eight conference games. And if they stay at nine, I think San Diego State would want to join because then yeah. it's like you've stabilized at nine. Yeah, it's but not going to be, be able to It's stay not going to be that much money, though, because you're sacrificing a conference game uh, in favor yeah. of a non-conference game with most likely some crap team in the West. Um, so that's not great, but you could probably do it. Uh, eight, it's non-viable uh, in modern college football because you need to hit 12 regular season games. Uh, back when conferences were eight uh, teams, you were playing a lot of 10 or 11 game regular seasons. Uh, yeah. It wasn't this uh, that it is now where it's very structured, where pretty much every FBS program plays 12, except when they go on the road to play Hawaii and then they play 13. Um so that's that's kind of the hard limit. Uh, they can't afford to lose another school, and they're going to uh, because there isn't that level of confidence. Uh, very obviously, there isn't that level of confidence. So, yeah. I mean, the, the only point of viability, I think, that is right now. Uh, they could stay at nine. Um, it wouldn't be as good. Whatever meager media deal you thought they might get, it's going to be less now because there's a little bit less inventory. But... I think it would still be viable. Yeah. Eight? I don't think so. You have to, yeah. I, I think, 
there's no pack eight coming back. No, no. That's uh, what Alejandro was saying. Which because you can't play seven conference games and then try to fill up the rest of your schedule with yeah. non-con. This is, I mean, what? So Wilner had survival as a four and a half point favorite or something. Um, now it's what? What would you say? Like this is like. I feel like this is fourth quarter. You're down. Survival's fifteen. Uh, yeah, survival with is no um, timeouts. I think UCLA plays North Carolina Central uh, and FCS uh, HBCU. Okay, at home this year. Um, I think those are the odds right now. Wow. Whatever that's so this is like a forty-five point favorite. Or something. There's just, uh, I mean, what are we talking in terms of survival? Like, do they maybe put something together for a year or two years to make like eighteen million dollars a school? Just while they try to figure out their next steps, maybe. But survival three years from now, four years from now, uh, as close to zero as you can get. I mean, um, the, the survival odds, let's do a little Oppenheimer reference. Uh, the survival odds, I think, are a little bit lower than the odds of incinerating the atmosphere when they were letting off the nuclear bombs. Okay. Did you go see Oppenheimer? Yeah, it was good. I want to go see it. You're going to go see Barbie? I'm going to go see Barbie. And your kids are not... No, it's not a kid's movie. Okay. Yep. I'm not a big go-to-the-movies guy. I'm a huge go-to-the-movies guy. Yeah. Huge. 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 We didn't really get to talk about, like, our... We recorded in Vegas, like, when we were hungover at Pac-12 Media Day, and it got worse after that. Like, we we hit it hard after that, too. So, yeah. So, when when we recorded, we were obviously very tired. You remember that? If you were watching? Or you weren't watching. You were listening. Yeah, Uh, we we did... If you listened, uh, we were very, very tired... And it was like 6 p.m., something like that. And then uh, we proceeded to return to our rooms, uh, regather around 8 o'clock, and then uh, we stayed awake until 6.30 in the morning. Yeah. So that was uh, – we hit that pretty hard. We should have did another episode. That um, wouldn't have been cool. But we had it up. I had to, like, put that up tired, and we put it up. It was up there. Our our buddy John and John did their first in-person podcast. Mm-hmm. It didn't go up until yesterday. I don't know. They must have had technical difficulties or something. But they recorded it in Vegas, and they put it up yesterday. That's um, something. That's something. I'm like, come on, guys. Do you want, you want us to help? I'll show you my remote <laughs> setup stuff. I mean, Kanzato is like a huge radio guy. He was he interviewed a ton of people like on Radio Row. Those guys did a lot of work. They were like all over Media Day. We, we just, didn't. We, we did we, not we, because we were so hungover. So we didn't do as much work. But we did record a podcast afterwards. So um, that was good. Why don't we – we should take a quick break. We got Twitter questions, and we have some chat questions too. Uh, again, we didn't do your email questions last week. By the way, your email box, David, is full of a couple of sites. Dude, yeah, the one night friend. One night thing. friend. So I think somebody took my joke, my uh, my joking advice, and then they actually did sign us up for a new dating site. Oh my god, it's like filling the inbox. I can't even see where the emails are. Yeah, it's very hard. Um, I don't know if you want to, you know. You should use your personal inbox for your dating apps, David. <laughs> yeah, I will. I will uh, all right, why don't we take a break? We'll come back and do some questions. If I, this will play. I think my board broke. I brought it to Vegas and it's not working. Here we go. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky 
co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. All right. Alex has the most important question first. Uh, let me see. where is it in the chat? Yeah, it's the last question in the chat. Right, let me pull up here. Hold on. Okay, Alex. Oh, yeah. Did you guys win gambling? Gambling recap needed. Ooh, okay. Yeah, so um, some people, when they go to Vegas, they go clubbing. They go to bars. Uh, they do activities. They see a show. Yeah. Uh, Ryan and I stayed out until 6.30 in the morning playing uh, craps, blackjack, and pie gal poker. Yeah. Um, there were some highs and some lows, but we finished on an incredible high. Yes. We played craps for, I want to say... And anybody out there who's a big craps person, you understand how profound this is. We played craps at the end for about three straight hours. Just yeah. hanging out at the table. Drinking the entire for time. For three straight hours playing craps, and we walked away with the casino's money. <laughs> it was incredible. It was good. A great run. Um you know, we 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 you know, mixed and matched, did some different things. Um, you know, you get a little silly with your bets when you're uh, when you've when oh my you've God, had yeah. a few. Uh, but the combats, they were coming, man. Dave, yeah, Dave loves the combats. Just crushing. I started doing more left uh, and right. Don't place your bets. I you, did. You, blow, I did you, placed a little. You treat everything like a pass line bet, and you'll be happy. It was it was good, and it was funny because we we were playing. I was winning on other stuff. Uh, and then we we're like, let's play craps. And uh, there were fifty dollars tables, which was more reasonable. Um, the twenty five dollars tables just for our bank rolls were a little too much. And I was down like a lot. Uh, if I had like ten units, I was down to like one unit, mm-hmm. and then came back to win. I think I won like fifteen units or something. Yeah, was I nice. was uh, so in the unit. I was down. <laughs> I was down seven of those units. Uh, we'll call those units hundreds of dollars. <laughs> Uh, and then I got it back up to uh, about, I was plus, I think by the time we left, I was plus two and a half. And then you went back. 
No, no, by the end. By, by no, the but very the, the, I'm th- you went back to Vegas again, right? No, I'm going back to Vegas. Oh, that's on Friday. I don't even know what day. Like, I'm. We, that was just a few days ago. No, right? that was just a few days ago. Okay. But my my sense of time is so distorted right now because of the lack of sleep. Yes, you could tell me it was yesterday. You could tell me it was three weeks ago. So I we get back from Vegas Saturday. I'm a puddle, right? Because we didn't sleep at all. Sunday night is when I got on the boat. So, yeah, I feel like that was two weeks ago, but it was not. It was um, – it's coming up there. But then and, and on the boat, you don't sleep that much. You're in like this – like a coffin bunk. It's like it's like a submarine or something. Uh, but we caught so much fish like the first day. We caught our limits so we could actually sleep overnight. You don't have to fish overnight. So that was kind of nice. But, yeah, I'm kind of still – I'm still going from like the lack of sleep from Vegas. So Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, uh, good stuff. We have a question from – Kevin, and you can read the tweet ones. These are the ones from the chat. Uh, how long did it take you guys to get into the studio once the news broke? It was not that long. I texted Ryan soon thereafter. I don't know. What was that? I texted you at uh, 3.056. And then we were in the studio an hour later. Yeah, that's not bad. Like we were, rec- you know, yeah, Ryan, going live. Ryan's studio is about uh, twenty-five minutes from where I live. Um, Does it take you that long? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we we were we were pretty quick. It's like five minutes from where I am. But yeah, yeah. Well, Mike says Ryan looks like they were smoking some uh, sweet sweet chiba on that boat. Uh, I would say, yeah, there was a lot of tattoos on the boat. I can put the picture up again. Uh, yeah, that was my root. The guy with the pole standing there, if you can watch, that was like uh, my bunkmate or whatever. He slept a lot and his like f- neck tattoos, tattoos everywhere. A lot of cool dudes, a lot of cool dudes in the boat. You make friends pretty quickly. Um, cause you're well, like I mean, you're obviously space. very friendly with him. You referred to him as the guy with the pole. The guy, <laughs> the guy with the pole. Uh, yeah, uh, that was fun. Okay, let's see. But yes, there, I, there were no drugs were allowed on the boat, but. Um, I've su- there was a lot of vaping going on. Which are you? Do you vape at all, or do you ever do that? Or no, I'm just saying. I don't know. It could be nicotine. No, yeah, I'm not. But there was a lot of people with vapes, like struggling to charge their vapes, smoking cigarettes, a lot of beers. Uh, it was good. I mean, I drink beers too. But Kevin, so if Arizona and ASU to the Big Twelve too, and then Washington, Oregon, and the base schools to the Big Ten, death to the Pac Tenish. So maybe we could talk a little about. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I think the four corner schools make the most sense. Any of those to go to the Big Twelve, and then what happens with the leftovers? What happens with the remaining ones? I think you mentioned like Oregon and Washington are very, you know, the big brands. People want them. Maybe the Big Ten isn't looking to expand, but they do just because it's like low hanging fruit, right? Like, okay, we might as well pick hang these on, teams hang up. On. They're saying they're not looking to expand. I, right. I think there's an important distinction there between they are not looking and what they're saying because nobody is speaking frankly. True. Yeah. You're not going to like tell people. What um, I, I think the reality is if there starts to be a Pac-12 exodus, the calculus changes for a lot of these uh, uh, conferences. Because, look, the Big Ten, yeah, it's it's probably in the best shape of anybody right now, including the SEC. But that shit can change on a dime. Um, if suddenly the SEC scoops up, I don't know, randomly goes out and gets Oregon and Washington, poaches some of these Big 12 schools or whatever, gets Florida State and Miami out of the ACC, pays off their debt to the ACC, uh, then the Big Ten's got to look and say, oh, crap, do we need to do something? Um, do we need to 
you know, add something or do we need more geographic breadth or whatever it is? Um, you know, there's there's a going to be a, a I, I really think a balance is going to have to be struck between viability and money for a lot of these conferences because yeah. they're not quite the same thing. Because for some of these schools, um. Uh, and I, I keep banging this drum, but UCLA and USC are going to realize that uh, their their uh, geographic placement comes with a significant competitive disadvantage in their new league. Um, and uh, th- these these factors will affect the viability of the league in the long run. Like if UCLA and USC are not happy, if their fans are not happy because they're not winning as many games as they are used to, then how does that trickle down to eventually them deciding, well, maybe we can uh, find a better home in the Big 12 or we can find a better home, you know, carving out our own league again yeah. uh, or whatever it is. Um, and I, I think there's just a lot of uh, a lot of decisions that have to be made that are not just strictly, you know, does this increase the pie for all of the schools? Um, and it's a harder pitch to make. Because as we've seen, all schools are selfishly acting um, and all of these leagues are selfishly acting. But um, I mean, my my guess is we just see increasing instability until it all implodes. Yeah. Um, No, I would agree with you there. Let's see. We have question Mike. Uh, Oh, he says you guys should do a podcast for the South Bay watering hole for the last episode. Once all the dust settles. Yeah, we could do something like that. Wouldn't have an issue. Um, Alex says, which conference is less uh, amiable to Dave's politics and send him there? So which would be? Uh, um, I think Big, Big 12. Big, and- Big 12 probably more so. I mean, don't don't sleep on the Big 10, but I think it's probably Big 12. The, the thing people don't understand about people don't understand about the Midwest is the Midwest is what a lot of people think the South is like in terms of its like political uh, spectrum. Um, yeah, you've got the big cities that are not, but like you go into the middle of like Kansas or Iowa and it is, it is dark times, man. Um, so that's what a lot of people think of as like, people that oh, wouldn't the- look at your like socialist views with a, po- yeah, yeah, a positive no, light. Yeah, yeah. Not so, not so good. Um, but I would think on, on, on balance, probably the big 12. All right. Uh, Mark says, not sure if this has already been answered, but what's the likelihood Washington State and Oregon State jumping to the Big Twelve with the uh, with the other four corner schools? I don't. I don't think there's that much appetite, unfortunately, for Washington State and Oregon State because of the media stuff. Um, I don't think they're valued that highly. Uh, that being said, if they were willing to take kind of a, and I think they should consider it because they should consider their realistic options now, which is why I wouldn't put it past one of those two schools of doing something soon do you take like a half deal to go to the big 12 because does that make you more structurally sound going forward than sticking with whatever this sinking ship is and then potentially having to bounce to the mountain west at the end of it um so i i think they have some hard decisions to make i just don't know that they would ever get a full membership share in the big 12 if that would ever happen uh or not if that would ever happen but if it would happen immediately I, i i don't know i don't think so uh, we got one more, Andres. Uh, if you're a betting man, uh, we are. What? Uh, where does Cal end up four years from now? Um, all right. If I was really, really being serious, um, uh, 
in all seriousness, I think probably the Mountain West. I think that's the thing that makes the most sense uh, for Cal. And uh, realistically, what the remaining Pac-12 schools should do should be to attempt a merger with the Mountain West and yeah. create something a little bit more high brand than what the Mountain West is currently. Um, and you could do something creative with it, maybe. Or you could just have a really big conference. Um, and that should be the way they should go. Because I think they're going to bend themselves all out of proportion to try to make it with one of these other leagues when, look, I'm not saying it's going to be great, but you can still play major college football in a version of a Mountain West Pac-12 merger. Yeah. Um, so that said, I think Cal would would be a participant in that in some version of it. Um, I don't see them Do you think being... Cal wants to be like associated with Nevada and... They don't have a choice. UNLV. They, they don't have a choice. Uh, they really don't. You I think mean, Stanford does? They don't have a choice. Um, I mean, if they want to still participate in major college athletics, they don't have a choice. I don't. Stanford doesn't have the juice to be independent. Um, like they don't have a fan base, uh, so they're not going to get a media deal. So what's the point then of being a major athletic program? Yeah. Uh, Cal, I think, has a little bit more of a impetus to be an athletic program. It's a major public university, and generally, those things like to have big time athletics yes um there's a look we, we denigrate cal quite a bit but there is a tradition there of being a major athletic institution uh all those things being said i i can't imagine the big 10 being super ex- excited about the idea of cal i could see them maybe being talked into stanford if it's some way of getting notre dame eventually involved in the league uh but cal it's hard to hard to imagine so i think cal makes the most sense going to the mountain west eventually yeah um I don't think they're ever going to be a fit in the Big 12. Uh, and then, but again, I think the, the the best option for the remaining Pac-12, well, not even the remaining Pac-12, but the remaining like Pac-6, you know, the the Cal- remaining Californias, Oregon's, and Washington's, would be to do something with the Mountain West yeah. um, and and try to try to become uh, a bigger league, even if not a necessarily better one. I think if we were looking at this, um, four corner schools. Like, what's the ceiling? What's the floor? What's like the likely outcome? I think the four corner school ceiling is Big 12. And I think that's the most likely outcome. Um, floor would be, I mean, I guess the collapse of the Pac 12 and like some kind of merger with the Mountain West or something like that. But even those, I don't think those schools would sort of be in that. But I feel like likely for them is going to the Big 12. Like, would you agree with that? Like, that seems. For Cal and Stanford, yes, I would agree. I realize I'm nodding, but um, we are actually, we record audio too. Yes, for Cal and Stanford, you kind of went over it a little bit, but I feel like even Cal would have the upside of going to the Big Ten potentially if it was like a mass, just you know, um, it's like the blob, and it just inc- yeah, if they're making a big deal, and we want to. And look, I think if they are thinking ahead, if the Big Ten's thinking ahead. They have to be thinking about what will keep USC and UCLA happy in the long run. And USC and UCLA may be stupid, and they might be saying right now, oh, we don't want Oregon and Washington involved because they're going to help. They're going to hurt us in recruiting. But in the long run, you want a West Coast pod. You need a West Coast pod. I think they would have absolutely have to have a West Coast pod to make that viable. Yeah, I think they would have been happy going to the Big Ten for like four years by themselves and sort of like separate from – and then, okay, you guys can join now. You know, that's, if they all join at the same time, like any of that benefit of leaving early is sort of lost. Mm-hmm. Unless they're getting, they're probably get a bigger share still. Um, 
But I feel like there's Stan- there's easier staff for pa- staff path for Stanford because they could come with like Notre Dame. Yeah, Cal sort of I don't know. It would have to be more of a big. Yeah, Cal, Cal's an also ran. And, uh, you know, that's just the nature of the program right now and has been for some time. But the floor for both of those schools, I think, is lower than the other schools because they could be out of, at least Stanford, out of D1 athletics completely. You know, yeah, and they I go mean, like Ivy League kind of there's thing. A, there's a devastating possibility of that. Um, I, I don't think they would embrace it. I don't think it would happen without kicking and screaming. Um but there's a and this is the sad thing about all of this stuff is we've laid out the possibilities and there aren't too many more. Uh, there's been a sad contraction in college athletics because of this realignment. People keep calling about it. But what it actually is is um, expansion of these two, three leagues, but contraction of everything else. Yeah. And you're going to have some schools that get squeezed out. Um, now, if Cal's willing to drop down to the Mountain West, I don't see the Mountain West going anywhere right now. Um, but it will be contracted out of uh, Power Five. Uh, that's not going to be a Power Five league. Um, no. So that the whole ch- that that whatever clarifications of what leagues are like that's going to change. Like that's yeah. No, there's going to be and look. I think the Big Twelve, the new look Big Twelve, will have an argument. Uh, the ACC will have an argument, but there's going to be two leagues that are far better than the others, and that's going to be the SEC and the Big Ten. Scourge says Stanford holds all the cards. No pun intended. Football money is nothing for them. They could go independent in football and still be fine. Yeah, we say the, that. Uh, Stanford. Do you want to play the same game as everyone else? NIL. Stanford is run like an iBank. Um, <laughs> it, they they still need to make their profits to keep their shareholders happy. Yeah. Um, and I I don't. They're not going to just treat it like a money sink. Um, if it is a money sink, then one of their soulless uh, administrators will decide to just cut it at some point. Yeah. Um. That I don't think they would be shy about that. Let's go Pacific Northwest. They were talking about, remember when they were talking about cutting scholarships and it's Stanford? Yes. Their endowment is like, uh, I don't know, a few trillion dollars. That's a very good point that they were going like, to cut sports. They're, they they, cut sport. they did cut sports and they had to bring them back. Yeah, they're they're budget conscious because they are run by soulless uh, investment bankers. Nice. Um, so we'll talk, let's talk Oregon, Washington first. Shooter Tech, Tech says, will Washington, Oregon consider joining the Big 12 for the next five, seven years once they realize the Big 10 isn't expanding until 2030-ish? And that could be the Big Ten stance, and maybe that's an option that Oregon or Washington go. Has or, the Big Ten said that they're not expanding till twenty thirty? No, uh, Tony Petiti was the new um, Big Ten commissioner. Spoke today, and they said they're really going to focus on getting USC and UCLA into the league first, and then they can kind of look at expansion from there. But like you said, those are words like that could change. You know, situations change. Um, it'd be interesting if Washington, Oregon. I think they could sign with the big 12 and not have a grant of rights and just say, Hey, we're here until the big, big 10 wants us. And I think the the big 12 would likely take them in, or maybe the big 12 doesn't want them. I don't know. I think they're big enough brands, but their ceiling is big 10 for sure. Potential for big 12, potentially temporarily, but the floor, just cause you're, you know, you could be, maybe the big 12 doesn't want you and the big 10 isn't expanding. The floor is like, some merged Mountain West thing. You yeah. know, I, I feel like I don't think that's the likely scenario. I think long term it's likely Big Ten, but I'm I'm kind of seeing the temporary Big 12 thing might be a possibility. Very, very possibly. Um, I think the Big Ten stance is going to change drastically because I don't think anybody can be on a timeline of, oh, maybe we'll think about that in seven years. Um, I, I think in the way things are breaking and, and falling apart right now, um, there's going to be some quick movement 
from a lot of different leagues. And it, again, if the Big Ten doesn't do anything um, in this weird little arms race, this this dreadnought race of the early 1900s, uh, they'll get left behind pretty quickly. And what we thought of as a power league is still going to, you know, obviously be making a bunch of money. But they won't have a, a as big a piece of the West Coast. They won't have as big a piece of the East Coast or whatever it is they're looking for. And, you know, for these, you know, idiots who are destroying our sport, uh, that's probably important. Yeah. Uh, we got to do Oregon State and Washington State, which I think the ceiling's the lowest. I mean, the floor's the lowest there. But we do have, I believe it's a beaver guy in the chat, um, just a rowdy dude from South Carolina. High probability Oregon State goes to the Big 12. They had a board of regents meeting yesterday. Okay, okay hang on, hang on. Everybody out there. There have been a ton of board of regents There have been a whole lot of them. Everyone's having a board of regents meeting. Not every one of them means anything. Yeah. Um, uh, until you see... So I, I think what this showed, Monster Tiger had this what more or less immediately. Yeah, I think so. Um, until you see it from somebody who's actually tied in, nothing is happening. Um, it, it's all bullshit. Uh, until you see it from somebody who's tied in. Um, now that means, uh, shamefully, and I'm sorry to say it, not Dennis Dodd. Um, it means part of our CBS family. It means one of the one of the team reporters uh, for one of these sites, and I don't mean like a radio guy who covers like <laughs> sort of the team, but also his region. I mean one of the people whose reputation is staked to their subscriptions, and who has to either report accurate information or not report anything at all, like an Adam Munster Tiger. If I see Angie Machado come out and say Oregon State's going to the Big Twelve, I'll believe that. Yeah. If I see um. Pete Thamel come out and say Oregon State's looking at the Big Twelve. I'll believe that. But if I see you know somebody who's built a rep on being a honk for a particular league, uh, again I won't name his name again, but I've already named it once. Um, <laughs> then I'm not going to believe that, or I'm not going to believe random speculation from Jim Williams or whatever bullshit person is on Twitter, MHVR three or Genetics fifty six, who everyone decides they're going to follow. Yep. That's all horseshit. And you should develop a you should develop this is a PSA but you should develop a a, a filter for horseshit in your life, um, and those guys are all full of shit, and the ones who are not aren't talking all the time. Um, so when you see uh, one of these team reporters who's generally tweeting out injury reports stuff like that, but they're suddenly saying, "Hey, yeah, it's pretty much a done deal. They're going to the Big Twelve. That's when you sign up and say, "Okay." And it's one of those things. This is different, and I think Wilner and Kanzano talk about this too. Like, if you're covering a conference, you're covering a team, you're David Woods, and you have sources of what's going on, right? Friend of for, well, a friend. That's a different story. I mean, like, if if you know whatever, one of the basketball players for UCLA yeah, is going to transfer. Right. Like, you have connections to the team or to coaches or yeah, oftentimes you're boosters. talking to it well I'll, I'll i'll take everyone behind the curtain oftentimes you're talking to the head coach oftentimes you're talking to somebody who's a high level booster you're talking to somebody who knows stuff and but sometimes usually, they don't know stuff in a certain like they don't know this like they won't i've had some people come to me and like oh i hear we're gonna get this recruit like a player on the team told me i'm like the players on the team have no freaking clue what's going on with recruiting. They ask us, like, hey, are we going to get this guy? So when you, if that's your source about this, no. If it was about what happened in a team meeting, that player would know. But there's the, the head coach doesn't really know what's going on uh, in, in a lot of these uh, because this is more of a 
you know, this is at the president level. This is at the, you know, even above the athletic director in a lot of times. So sourcing for this stuff is different. And the, the point I was going to make, David, I'm sorry, I'm going to cut you off. The No, no, you're fine. The, I can't tell you how many texts I got from people I know that are dialed in at certain schools, not just Pac-12 schools, but like Mountain West schools, telling me kind of what this, uh, the guy said from South Carolina, oh, our team was talking to the Big 12, like our, our, our guys are talking to the Big 12, they want us, or the Pac-12, the Pac-12 wants us. It seems like everyone I talk to that is connected to a school, they're getting information that the best case scenario for them um, you know, if it's like UNLV, I'm not, I didn't hear from someone at UNLV, but if it's UNLV, the, the, the Pac-12 wants them, you know, you're hearing that. If you're talking to someone from Oregon State, oh, the Big 12 wants Oregon State. Mm-hmm. I get the optimistic, whoever I talk to, the insiders for whatever school, they seem to have the very most optimistic view, which gives me pause, like, this can't be right for everybody. So no. what it, I don't know where it's coming from, but there's a lot of stuff like that out here. I hope Oregon State gets a... a but. To me, Oregon State and Washington State have the lowest floor. Like, yeah. I mean, well, but Stanford if, like dropping out of like sports is what the know, thing I'll say about that is. Um, it's not a perfect game. Not everyone has the same information. And if if schools are the most realistic about their situation and can get there as quick as they can, they can make better decisions because it's not a perfect game. If they make a decision for the Big 12 and they say, no, we'll take your best offer, whatever it is, uh, and they take it, that might affect the negotiating position of Arizona or Arizona State, who we in theory would think would be in better standing. Um, A lot is dependent on everyone being very rational and getting getting to their reality as quickly as possible and then deciding, okay, from that reality, what's the best decision we can make? The reality for Oregon State and Washington State they are uh, programs in bad, 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 bad media markets that don't have a ton of potential. So if you know that about yourself, then what is your best avenue? Is it to hang on like a barnacle on the ass hairs of Oregon and Washington uh, for however long they're willing to let you? Or is it to carve out your own path and see if you can find something else that'll pay you a little bit more money right now? Not waiting until you hear what Oregon and Washington are trying to do, but right now. And I think for them, if they get there quickly enough, it behooves them to make a quick decision. It behooves them to, if they can, go go take the best deal possible at the Big 12. Uh, if they're going to get one, yeah. If they're going to get one. Uh, we, we don't know if that's true. They're like sidecars. Like, they, they're not driving the motorcycle. Well, they're the sidecar. And my point is, um, if the Big 12 wants inventory and if it wants – because the, what they were doing for a while there was prioritizing just football success. And if you're looking at those two programs, yeah, Washington State's a classic like 500 program. Oregon State looking a lot better lately. Okay, we'll get them, um, and we'll do it for whatever a third of a share. Um, but you have to make those decisions quickly. You know, this is a great point because when USC and UCLA left, and even when there was talk of it, like when I had Mike Bone on my podcast, and I asked him like, "Would you go independent? Would you go to another conference?" and he said, "All options are on the table." and I got a lot of flack from Oregon fans or whatever, like we've been more successful and blah, blah, blah. And obviously Oregon state's had a lot of success recently and um, coming around Washington state, you know, did a lot of good things. Do you want to, what tells you more that football success, especially recent football success matters not than Colorado. One of the worst teams in college football history being the next program 
out the door. But some of this, so I will say this, some of that is what I just said about Oregon State and Washington State. It's recognizing what they are, who they are right now. Yeah. And making the first decision. Um, two, obviously a better media market than Oregon State and Washington right, State. Right, yeah. Obviously, and history. Obviously better bones as a program yes. than those two schools. But some Plus of this Ralphie. was, you know, are they better than Arizona, Arizona State, and, and Utah? I don't know. I don't think so. No. But they made the, the first worst program out of all those. Teams. They made the first decision, which I think added some value to their choice. Like yeah. I think it made it so that this was a uh, more valuable decision, and it might affect the negotiating position of Arizona, Arizona State, Utah, Cal, Stanford, so on and so forth. West Texas, Texas. Mike says David predicted Colorado leaving, and Ryan predicted USC leaving for the Big Ten. I didn't predict that. I just I've talked about that. That's something that USC never was considering before and they should have like used that because they would have the power to hey get a better deal from the Pac-12 if they threatened to leave. I I was more of an advocate of that they should independent. That yeah and and that they should just say put that out there like hey that we could do that instead of being, you know, a cog in the wheel and act like a blue blood program and then, you know, they they finally did. But I didn't expect them to go that far with Texas Mike. I didn't think they would just bolt as quickly as they did we have some twitter yeah so uh here's one from brunalytics is colorado the least successful conference switcher in recent history so i'm not familiar with all the conference usa like problem the problem here is that colorado was already not good when they switched to the pac-12 so it's hard to say they were less successful because they were already terrible um for a few years before they went over um they did win the south one year which is a damn sight better than what uh, I think Rutgers has done since entering the Big Ten, and also might be better than what Nebraska has done since entering the Big Ten. But I get maybe you're talking about like as as you were leaving. I don't know. I don't think they're the least successful. Is I guess my point is that they have um, they've maintained. I mean, they haven't been great, and they've played. They've had some horrible seasons, yeah. but they did win the South one year. They did. I think that makes them a cut above some of these other switchers, especially the Big Ten. Okay. Um, we've got... Uh, but pro- the worst team to like pick up and leave, like following a season, like the, their current season or the season prior to oh, them I don't leaving... Think, I don't think... Well, maybe. That would be the worst ever. Like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Maybe, leaving, maybe that's what he meant. Yeah. If that's what he meant, then yes. Like that's, It wouldn't even be close, but... Yeah. All right, this is from I Puke Oregon Grello. Uh, having watched, finally watched Oppenheimer, do you believe the U.S. should have used nuclear weapons or should they have gone through with Operation Downfall? This is a great question. I don't remember what Operation Downfall so was. Operation Downfall was the invasion of mainland Japan. Right, okay. Um, which was speculated that it would have cost... Millions of lives. Uh, at least a million American lives and maybe as many as, I believe, 10 million Japanese lives. Um Having watched Oppenheimer, it didn't really change my stance that much. Um, I think whatever they were going to do was very horrific. Um, they were going to do something at that point. Um, I, I think the genie was already out of the bottle before they they dropped the bombs um, because the 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 work had been done. Um, yeah, it was already there and. Uh, Demonstrating it in such a way and, you know, killing thousands of civilians was horrific, but no more horrific than the Tokyo firebombing, which happened in the months prior, um, that murdered 
I think the estimates are over 100,000 Japanese civilians. So long story short, war sucks. Uh, It was real bad. Um, A lot of horrific things happened. Uh, The U.S., um, I I don't think you can argue against the idea that it helped to uh, end the war. Faster. uh, Faster, uh, along with the Soviet invasion of, you know, the northern Japanese islands. Uh, and Japan was starting to lose it a little bit anyway, but um, an invasion might have um, stiffened resistance. If, you, if you've read anything about uh, 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 in the war Japanese culture, it's in, crazy. in the war Japanese, well, it's just uh, the, the Dan Carlin thing on, uh, if you listen to Hardcore History, it's great stuff. But if you listen to his thing on uh, Japan, he's got a great line, which is, uh, the Japanese of that period were like everyone else, only more so. Like just their commitment to the war effort, their commitment to this idea, this belief in the emperor as a god, like all this stuff. Um, you can't predict how that's going to go when you actually um, when you actually invade. So when you're talking about dropping the bomb, well, if it is almost like a religious ecstasy thing, then what what better to demonstrate? Um, uh, this is the end than something akin to the hand of God coming down and just boom. Yeah. And horrific, obviously horrific. The, the effects of it are horrific, but I don't, I don't buy that the dropping of the bomb was the start of uh, the nuclear age. I think the nuclear age began as soon as they realized they could split the atom. Yeah. People are going to develop a weapon based on that. It wasn't like it was magic. Uh, once they realized that everyone understood the explosive potential of that, everyone who was a, theoretical physicist right um so uh nuanced answer but um war's awful we were already doing awful things japan also did some horrific things and uh people shouldn't fight wars yeah but i, I mean this was the best scenario like the you know what the lesser of two evils but if you read i have a I have some books over on the shelf but just the invasion of the islands getting to japan like each one of those seemed to be like a microcosm of what it would be like yeah so you're talking about you know, if the, you know, if you're an American, like whatever, at the time, the American soldier, the patriotism, like national, all that stuff was there. But if you're surrounded and there's tanks everywhere and they're dropping bombs and there's only four of you left, you say, okay, we're going to surrender. And that's, that wasn't part of the culture. Like you had to go and kill every single last soldier because they would not well, ever it, give up. And, and that was sort of like what the American soldiers were from what I've read, obviously it wasn't there, what I was read. That was just like ty- island after island. And then you're like, how the hell are we going to do this when we get to the mainland? You know, like if no one's ever going to give up and we have them surrounded. And, and I feel like that's a big reason why. And you mentioned the firebombings, like those were worse. Like you're talking about like paper houses and stuff and just things going up in flames. Like yeah. you could have done that through everywhere and just killed everybody. And that, so you feel like it's terrible, but this was the more humane option. So from what I've read, like that, yeah, that would be my well, opinion. And, and all the other stuff. I mean, it, it sounds like absurd propaganda to say, you know, oh, they just didn't surrender, but like it's by and large true like if you read any accounts like any accounts that's just the the case of it and on top of that every option i've ever heard for like what they could have done elsewise or otherwise is worse there's a lot of oh they could have just blockaded the islands uh do you know what that would have looked like within like a month like just mass starvation right like mass starvation um yeah and okay they could have invaded okay it's not just the million American lives, like millions of Japanese lives. Because you know what an invasion requires? Bombing the shit out of the area you're invading to start out with. Um, so there's just 
it's war. It's bad. It's a very bad thing. But this was, uh, you know, look, uh, I don't want to get into whether it was more humane or less, but it was it was a way that was thought of to end the thing. Yeah. It was an attempt to end the thing. And I, I'm not a big America always has the moral high ground. He, uh, you, no, every, which, everyone knows that. Right. Um, but this was one where I think dealt with a lot, uh, given a lot of bad choices. I think there's a fair argument to make it was the least bad one. Yeah. I don't know how we got on this one. Like, we had the breaking news question. Oh, yeah. Um, um, he's got another one in response oh, to that. Follow-up oh. question. How much money did you pay to seed this promoted Zeet in the feed? And is that more or less than the Pac-12 media deal? Uh, it's a promoted, hat that says, what a difference a Dave makes. Promoted Zeet? What is that? A Zeet is, uh, well, in this world where X has oh. taken over Twitter, they're now Zeets. Oh, yeah. instead of tweets? Okay. Uh, I hate the new Twitter, by the way. Well, I mean, I, it's just a big part of my thing. Well, he made your car. He did. Uh, and you bought it from him. I did. I love my car. Uh, Max says, uh, what happens when the media deal is signed based on the TV revenue of the media markets, and then a school decides to leave? The media partners lose those markets they paid for. What's next? That's where the grant of rights comes in. So you sign the media rights deal. The grant of rights ties you to that. So the conference would then, if you agree to the rights deal... The conference owns your like home game media rights. So that's when like if Texas and, and Oklahoma left early, the Big 12 would have got their home game revenue. So that's why the ACC is locked in forever. They signed this really long grant of rights deal. Um, Max also says, very important, we're at 999 subscribers on YouTube. If you're if you're listening and you haven't subscribed, just do it. One more. You do get it. to be our thousandth do one. Do it. Do um, it. We get to a thousand and then the... The, the uh, conference dies. Perfect. Mm -hmm. uh, do you have any more tweets? No, that was pretty much it. The rest of it was pretty much stuff we've covered. Okay. Um, well, good stuff. Man, I went past five. I was going to try to do my thing. Oh, well. Uh, that was great. That was great. Thanks for joining us, everyone. We do. We love this. Uh, I know yeah, you got to get out of here. Um, thanks for coming in. And uh, thanks for staying with us. My, I don't, I don't have a David beard. Should I let it grow more or no? I have a lot of gray. How 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 big can you get? Uh, are you a thin beard guy? Or are you no, a... it'll bit like it just gets itchy. Like I can't. Have you ever grown a beard for like an extended period of time? Uh, not. I've done a mustache for like our Magnum PI volleyball team thing. That was okay. Fun. We got to see. Like the, we got to see the Abraham beard. Should I try it? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Make this uh, the the final Pac-12 season, the first Pac-12 season of a Ryan Abraham. Oh, my year. God. But I get so itchy. Like, it goes away, right? The itch goes away? Yeah. I, mine doesn't itch. Um, Someone said, I just subscribed. Hell, yeah. Uh, Canelo, thank you. Uh, hopefully, do we have a 1,000? Uh, it still says 993 on mine, but I haven't refreshed. We had like 175 people watching live, so pretty cool. That is pretty cool. Uh, thanks. Hit the we only have like thirty five likes. Hit that damn like button before we uh, take off here. Guys. Hit the like button, please. Uh, that's great stuff. Okay. Um, oh, we're at one thousand. Yay. yay! Thank you. Uh, four digits. Woo! Woo uh, so we will continue to do the podcast of champions. We'll keep you up to date. What's going on? If there's other breaking news, um, David's like, we got to do a podcast tomorrow. And USC has like their media day. I was actually going to be at Big Ten Media Day today. Um, fly out after my trip, which didn't make a lot of sense. Vegas, two days on a boat, and then fly to Indianapolis. So I'm glad I'm not going there now. But uh, I do have to be at USC tomorrow. And then they start fall camp on Friday. 
Um, so it was going to be hard to get into the studio to do something, but I'm glad we got to do this. And uh, thanks for everybody for uh, tuning in and uh, checking in with us. But I don't know. I mean, not what I wanted to see. I was rooting for the, the Pac-12 survival, not the Pac-12 death, but hard to picture it not being that. Congrats again to uh, David Woods for his prediction five months ago that uh, Colorado was going to leave. Uh, <laughs> we'll see if Utah follows them. But that's going to wrap it up for David. David Woods, I am Ryan Abraham. Hope you guys enjoyed the show, and we will talk to you next time. Bye. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.